0: It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Perrano and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. I married into a family that has its roots with Noah. They've always had a boat. We always had a camper. So my dad said, welcome to a floating camper. So, I have spent my, my 26 years of married to my husband floating on a river, on the Chesapeake in the summers, and have fallen in love with it. I actually brought an anchor. This is our spare anchor, um, dragged it up from the boat. Can't bring the real anchor. It's very large, and it's very gross. So, I, didn't, I don't like getting gross, carrying anchors. We do something called gunk hauling. Gunk hauling is, how many boaters are here? Anybody boaters? Raise your hand proudly, okay? Gun calling is when you take your boat out on the river and you toss the anchor and you sleep out there. It's not as a settled feeling as tied to all the the piers, um, but we do that. We like to, we've been doing this for years. We own a a 44-foot sea ray, uh, so it is a floating apartment. And one of the things we've done for years on family vacations is we take, we have two boys, and they could each take a friend, and we go out for a week on the river. And we we typically sleep out on the river. That's four teenagers in 44 feet. So you got to pick kids you like, for sure. Well, one year, number of years ago, 3.30 in the morning, this is a picture of where this is called Still Pond, and it's true to its name, it's beautiful, um, it's very calm until it's not calm. And one night, around 3.30 in the morning, my husband and I woke up and we sleep in the front of the boat and it was slamming up and down on the river. That's not a good way to wake up. So we come through, the boys, all four of them, snoring, sound asleep, peaceful. We are no longer settled. We get out, we think we're in the midst of a storm. We look at the sky and there's stars everywhere absolutely beautiful but there is this wind that is blowing straight into still pond and there's white caps coming in well all of a sudden we look around and we get alarmed we realize our anchor is not holding we didn't anchor right here we anchored out there and we turn around and behind us there are four or five boats that are smaller rafted together and the men are out front because here comes our boat, and we're on the back just kind of panicked, like what do we do? Those are panicking moments. Do we go and grab this really hefty anchor and toss it and hope it holds? Do you try to reposition your own anchor? Do you turn the engines on? People don't like you to do that at 3.30 in the morning. We're panicking and I said to my husband, give me 30 seconds because I'm a children's pastor and tomorrow I'm teaching on Jesus calming the storm. I said, would that not be a great visual? God, give me the faith to try something. So I I stand out on the swim platform, and I grip a bar. Thank God I did, because the boat is rocking. And I raise my hand, trying to copy Jesus, and I went, peace, be still. And all of a sudden, the boat lurched, and I almost fell in. But the winds continued. We all say that that little phrase of sometimes God calms the storm, sometimes he calms the child, sometimes he lets your anchor hold right when you reach out. Because we were on our way to wiping out the boats, which would put them on the dry land. And then everybody hates you. (laughs) You But as I stood out there, I, I got all excited. Now I'm going, God, that's an amazing visual. You know, you could have... Calm the storm right there, and then I would have been talking about that, but you you suddenly caught the anger. You did it. You didn't do it while we were sleeping, you did it when we asked you. I also started thinking, isn't everything worse at night? Don't you wake up and your mind starts going and and you're worried. Things were worse at night. Now, granted, they were white caps, but When I woke up in the morning and it was like this, I was like, did I make that up? I think the enemy comes to us in the dark night of the soul when life is closing in on us, when we can't see as well, and we panic a little bit greater. This year's theme, Hebrews 6, 19 and 20, hope beyond, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure, it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. We're gonna spend this whole day focusing on the hope that we have in Jesus to get us through the storms of life, to get us through the calm days where we're not as, it's easy to lose God in the, in the calm days. Right? It's easy to call for God when things are hard, but he is the hope and anchor for our soul. He's firm and secure. Women like that, we like to know where all the ducks are lined up. We like to have firm footing underneath of us. Jesus is the hope. Now what you're anchored to makes all the difference in the world. Who you're anchored to makes all the difference in the world. It can be the difference between having absolutely no peace and having peace. Or having a mind that's constantly questioning and doubting we're having confidence, it could be the difference between despairing, I cannot do this anymore, and having hope, giving up, persevering, and at the end of the day, it's the difference between death and life. What you are, anchored because you will be anchored to something, Are you anchored to the right anchor? Now, there's a lot of different kind of anchors. Because the purpose of the anchor is not to control the weather. It's to maintain your place, your position on the water. You know, our relationship with Christ does not stop the weather. If that was the case, there would be no seat open. Our relationship with Christ maintains our position in life. Now, what challenges, like, from a boating standpoint, what challenges your position on a river? A um, couple things. On the surface, there's winds. They can be really nice, there's little summer breezes. They can be gale-force winds. And they, they vary. Some are just quick, and some are sustained winds. Some of them are tides that come and go. The, the full moon, the, the new moon, the tides are much more extreme and they change. Then you have something called a supercell, which comes in, it's like, it's gonna be a nice day. here comes this storm, goes poof, makes a mess, and moves on. And the last th- thing that happens is extreme tides, these are the, the, the moons that, that cause tides to come up really high, or storms. Now what happens in our lives, spiritually, there are strong winds that blow across you and they challenge, you put your anchor in spiritually and it constantly tries to pull you out of that presence of God those wins I would say are the social pressure, I need to stay in with the crowd and we know how to do it we know how to put that pressure on each other women are very subtle with this, it just takes a look really? you wore that? You know, and you want to be in. Oh, then there's the family pressure. I'm talking about families, put pressure on you. Holidays are a big pressure cooker. Everybody has an opinion. This is what the family does. So will you? You know. Okay. Uh, then there's the, the pressure at jobs, the corporate ladder, expectations people put on you. You might also have a, a controlling person in your life someone who manipulates and has controlled you and the Holy Spirit opens your eyes that you don't have to live by that anymore and now you tell that person and you know that you just need to position yourself. You know, and these are pressures. These are winds that try to strain on where is your stability. You know, it's interesting because think of the movies that are out there today that all of us are okay watching. When I was a kid, my mom's right here, she wouldn't let me watch them. Do you see how our position of morals has shifted over the years? Blowing, blowing, blowing. Today's PG would have been yesterday's shock. These are the winds on the deeper level, the currents, the tides that flow deep inside. That's what goes on between your ears. Those are the thought patterns that not everybody sees. You put on a cute face, but inside, we know how to plaster our face in a smile and be thinking amazing thoughts behind the smile that are not nice. Because we're working through things on the inside. You know, it's our perception of things. There's a couple hundred women here today. You all are hearing the same speakers. And there will be 200 different opinions of how the day went. Because each of you is having a perception based on your experience. I think, did you ever hear of triggers? A trigger is something that fires quickly. This can shake your stability really fast. A trigger is something that you see, you smell, you hear, that sets you back someplace else. And it can be positive. You know, if I smell funnel cake, I think of um, Great Adventure you know, standing in line with a funnel cake. That's a happy place. I Triggers, a, you ever have to forgive somebody and you just want, I'm not going to forgive them, don't want to forgive them, I'm just going to bury it under the carpet and not think about it. And everywhere you go, you see that name. Hi, what's your name? I'm the name that you need to forgive. I had a friend saying, it was on billboards, it was on shirts, I'm like sick of it, I need to forgive them. Triggers, it can uproot your stability in a heartbeat. And you can be someone who really has it together and that'll mess you up, right, really, really fast. Did you ever sit there on a, on a romantic date with your boyfriend or your husband and they start playing that song for the other guy? <laughs> yeah, that's fun. <laughs> then there's the supercell traumatic things that happen in your life. These weren't planned, it was that diagnosis you weren't expecting to hear sudden death of somebody, maybe you lost a job unexpectedly, a bill came in that you weren't expecting. I mean, I think of 9-11, how dramatically so many lives changed to one day, Katrina, the shootings. You wake up, and it, it changes your day. And a supercell comes in and does its mess, Everybody rallies. The whole country, the whole family rallies for a period of time, and then moves on. Because life gets back to normal for people, except you. But that's what a supercell does. And then there's the extreme tides. These are the seasons that you just have to walk through. Aging parents. (laughs) Menopause. Raising teenagers. Chronic illness, I mean, long time in-between jobs, these are just seasons that, you know when you go into the season, you go, well, this will just last a little while. These are the, they they rub, they rub, they rub on the lines, and finally the anchor, if it's not strong enough, will start to move. And what happens is when when you start, when my anchor wasn't holding on the boat, my first thought was, throw another anchor out. Not, that anchor is not the right anchor for this boat. We need to go back to what is the best anchor. Who is the best anchor for our lives? Let's go back into Hebrews 6. We're going to read the passage. This morning we're going to kind of overview that whole passage. Um, This will tie in with what I do this afternoon. What is this hope? It says that we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. Let's backtrack and say, what is the hope? When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants." And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. People swear by someone greater than themselves and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He has become the high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. I I had this drawing put together. The anchor that we need to hold is based on this scripture is made up of two pieces this is what we need to anchor ourselves into number one look at verse 13 when God made his promise to Abraham since there was no one greater for him to swear by he swore by himself and he said I will surely bless you and give you many descendants we need to hold on for dear life to what he has promised I mean, hold on for dear life. When I'm out there in a storm, my focus is not on what's in the refrigerator. It's, is that anchor holding? And I'm focused on the promise of the anchor people, this will withstand up to 55 miles an hour winds. All right, do your job. Because I'm trusting in what it said. Abraham takes himself outside And God says, look at the stars. Can you count them? No. You can't count them. That's how many kids you're going to have in your family one day. That's what your descendants are going to be like. Look at the sand. I can't count that either. Right. Your descendants will be more than that. That is God's spoken word, his promise to Abraham. Well, that's really nice, but he's 75 years old. But God promised him. And the word is f- shocked full of instruction for life. He does give you direction for life. And I brought this, I'm, I'm a creature of objects. This is called a plumb line. In the book of Amos, Amos 7:7, God says the word is like a plumb line. Now gravity is what's determining how straight this is. Now when you build the wall in a building, Can you imagine if all of us had to eyeball it and say when it was straight? Because we're all right. Right, little to the left. And and this this would totally collapse. So what they do is they actually use a plumb line because gravity, nobody can argue with gravity. This is what straight is going to look like. And we need to start looking at the Word of God as a plumb line. It is a standard by which we need to align ourselves regardless of who's blowing what manipulative stuff across our path. You can blow all you want, but straight is still straight. You don't have to be obnoxious about it, but you, when you really start to use the word as your standard, it just does something to your spine. You just stand firmer. Remember, I, this was not what I planned on sharing, but it just, this was when the, the word really came to me. I got tickets down in a Harrington, Frederick area, right? I'm sure someone here has too. And so I was on probation with my ticket. And so I'm driving on Valley Road right up here, which is just a death trap for tickets, and there is a guy riding my butt. And I'm driving going, there ain't nothing you can do to get me to go past 25 by the library. I don't care how, you better be having a baby and you're a man, I am not going 26. See, when you have a plumb line of what's right and wrong, you can honk your horn all you want. When you have the Word of God as that plumb line, it sets your conviction. It makes it easier to say, yes or no to something. It anchors you. One more story on that. When Chip was a baby, he was just tiny and I didn't even know how to get the car seat thing unclipped from the shopping cart and in the car. It was just new mom fiasco. And I was at Pathmark and it was pouring rain. He decided he was hungry. I could not unclip the thorn thing out of the, and he's getting wet, and and I'm crying, he's screaming, it was just ugly. Like they didn't tell me in mother school what to do with that. So I finally flipped the cart, like flipped the the seat into the cart, almost through Chip, and and I get everything in, and I look down in the cart, and a cucumber had fallen underneath his seat that I did not pay for. I'm like, oh, plumb line don't steal, oh Jesus, I don't want to have to deal with that stupid seat again, and I just pray, in my plum, like, God, what do I do, he goes, don't steal, pay for it next week, so I took the cucumber home, and I ate it a little guiltily, the next week, I went back to grocery stop, and I went first with that car seat, and I, I went, and I picked out a cucumber, and I went to pay for it, I paid for it, and then told her to keep it, I said, this is the cucumber I ate last week that I just didn't have the heart to pay for because I started crying. And and she said, wow, what made you decide to do that? And I looked at her and I said, because Jesus Christ is my savior and he doesn't want me to steal the cucumber. So here's your 22 cents. Now I'm going food shopping. But see, it cuts out a lot of wrong choices when you just live by that, that conviction of the word. And it settles some of the storm. You can ride my car all you want. I am not breaking the law on speeding. Because the word says not to. The second part of this, and we're going to focus more on the afternoon of this, is focusing on God's character. Verse 17 and 18, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath, God did this by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. His character backs up his word. What I told you is going to happen because I do not lie. So the second part of what you hold on to is the character of God. Again, this afternoon we're going to focus on that. Let's keep working through this scripture. 19 and 20, we've got this hope is an anchor for our soul, firm and secure, it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. When I drop my anchor, it goes down into the mud. And when I go to pull up my anchor, we I hit this little button on the floor and it pulls my boat to the anchor. It doesn't pull the anchor <laughs> and flip it into the boat. It pulls my boat to this anchor, and then we lift it up into the boat. When you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, your anchor is anchored in heaven. And there will be a day where he pulls you to himself. It started making me look at death a little differently. When he chooses to pull me home, he will hit the button, and pull my ship to heaven. You are anchored behind the curtain with him in the presence of God. It just changed how I looked at death. Nobody truly kills somebody. God hits the button and says, time to come home. What an encouragement that is. 15, so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Now, I read that, and I go, wow, Abraham was patient. Didn't he kind of mess up in there? Big? And God said, yeah, I just wanted to encourage you. He's human too, like you. He was 75 when God calls him out of his country. Take your wife, take all your sheep, all your servants, and go out to a land that I'm going to surprise you with. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. I'll let you know when you get there. I don't operate really well with that. I like a GPS. And then he gets out there, he gets the promise, the spoken word of the stars and the sand. He gets the word. And 25 years go by. Now, I don't know about you, but, That is a long time to wait for something. You know, I I think I'm pretty patient, but that would definitely stretch it. Stretch it. Especially when you're talking about giving birth. Well, all right, maybe I'll wait five years. I'll be 80. You know, it's something we want really bad. And it makes no sense, God. You know, the biological clock is just ticking. I know. 15 years? Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten what you promised me? And Sarah and Abraham, who patiently waited, picked up another anchor and said, I, I believe what you said. I'm just going to help you. Because obviously, you have a lot on your plate. And I think I was missed. So." Sarah gives Abraham Hagar, who gets pregnant. And she has Ishmael. And the Mama lama drama starts. <laughs> because they held on to the promise of what God said, but not hold on to the promise that God doesn't lie. Really, I mean, they would have waited. It doesn't have to make sense. You know, they're human. And God still, to their credit, applauds their faith. But they picked up another anchor. When we pick up another anchor to trust in ourselves or somebody else, there is a consequence to that. And, and Isaac and Ishmael and Sarah and Hagar, poof, can't live together. Well, you know what? They still can't live together in the Middle East. It's consequences of our choices. Yes, God takes us back. 18, we who have this have fled to take hold of the hopes that before us may be greatly encouraged. When you are solidly holding on to God's promise and his character, your backbone strengthens and you get courage. The courage is not in the circumstances, it's in who's holding you. And when you hear about those those great superheroes of the faith who have withstood horrendous things, and you think, what held you together? And they'll go right back to a relationship with Jesus. That's what kept me from losing my position. It gives you courage. Courage in your emotions. When you're really struggling, and you're trying to hold on to things yourself, it is really hard to wake up in the morning and put on that cheery face and go be a Christian. It's just hard. But when you're holding on to him, it doesn't mean that you have to love the circumstances, but you just know, God, you're not going to let go of me. You're holding on to me one day at a time. You know, I know when we go out on the river that storms are possible, and we're not dumb. If a hurricane is coming, we stay home and drink coffee, you know. But but we go out a lot. There there might be isolated storms. Have at it. We're going to hunker down, keep our anchor good. We're okay. We'll weather it i have confidence to try new things when you are anchored in christ you are able to try to shoot the moon and try some cool stuff because he's there with you be adventurous live the dream because he's holding on to you don't stay at the dock where it's safe what happens when your anchor is not the right anchor now abraham and sarah they had their mess ups but you know what i've had it too There are times in my life where I have made my mom and dad my anchor. I have made my amazing husband my anchor. Children, your health, your job, that bonus that just went into your account. These are not terrible things, but they're not meant to be your anchor. They're the extra anchor. Like my boat, we haven't used this probably in, I don't know, a year or two, this little extra anchor. And I don't even really know why we throw it out there, because I don't know that it does much. In fact, I think we have to replace it. I don't even think it's the right anchor for the boat. But the real anchor is down there on the boat. The one that I'm depending on goes with us all the time. I'm going to ask you to do something. Just All of us are standing on the same floor. Did anybody stand up and worry if the floor would break? <laughs> Didn't happen to anybody? Because you have confidence in the floor. All of us right now are are standing on the same opportunity to have Jesus as our anchor. Now grab the hand of the person next to you. And I want you don't speak, but just look at each other. You are here on this earth to encourage and be the extra anchor, but you are not meant to hold up the other person. And what happens problems wise is when, Lee, when you're gonna stand on top of Trisha's head, for everything you're my everything and Trish can't hold up and Lee gets mad at Trish look at each other and say you're not everything I'm standing on (laughs) go ahead and have a seat I mean we have great friends we have great you know these are great anchors but they're not enough they're like that dumb little anchor amidst the huge ship why are they not sufficient well because they change we change we move you know, we, we, we marry, we move around, we just, we just change. God doesn't change. The scriptures are all right there for you. These other anchors can't be everywhere all the time. I cannot be an anchor for my son in Virginia Beach at college because, frankly, I'm in Hocassin. right? God can be everywhere all the time. We are insufficient for each other because we don't know everything. I know part of the past, I know part of today, I know nothing about tomorrow. God is all, time. he's been through all time and he knows everything. We need to align ourselves with him. Not the person that goes, oh, I know where you've been. No, you really haven't. You really haven't. We don't have unlimited resources. We go to bed earlier and earlier every year we get older. Where God says, I can do everything. Resources, the earth is the Lord's. It belongs to him. Nothing limits him. These anchors are temporal. They're not bad, but they're temporal. People pass away. God will never pass away. We need to hold on to him. Well, how do you know you're not holding on to the right anchor? What is this? The red flags. Number one on the boat, you can't sleep. Because every little... Oh my gosh, are we shifting? Are we lose position? And we've been there. We've been there. It's the most horrible night's sleep. When your anchor is not in Jesus Christ, you have trouble sleeping too. Because God forbid, you roll over to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, and now your mind will not shut off. And there's someone snoring next to you peacefully. (laughs) And it was my dog. (laughs) What happens is it makes you edgy. You're an edgy individual testy with people because you're trusting in the wrong anchor you can't focus on the present it's beautiful today I cannot enjoy it because there's 70 percent storms tonight so I'm going to miss what God is doing today because I'm worried about the next storm that comes because I'm not trusting my anchor John ten ten he says look I came to give you life and life to the full life to the full is not walking around with a black cloud over your head looking for your next shoe to fall off that's not abundant life, and you get frustrated. If your anchor is a person and they will not answer your phone call, it has been 24 hours and you have not texted me back, why are you refusing to talk to me? And they're like, "Ah, oh, phone is dead. Well, you're going to be dead, too. <laughs> you know, and we start to get very frustrated with people. Man, that is a red flag. Somebody has issues, and it's not the one with the dead phone. (laughs) And frankly, there's no joy. Why would you have joy when you can't sleep, and you don't like the people that are letting you down? Frankly, we let ourselves down. I should have done better at that. And when you feel like you're out of control, things are slipping by, we become panicky. And we make hasty decisions. How many times have we had to take back what we said in a hasty, control freak moment? That's the real us coming out. That's not the church face us. That's the real us. And then you regret it. And then you hurt relationships. When you are very needy and clingy and dependent upon other people, they can feel it. And they start seeing you come at them, and they're like, I got this hangnail. And you wonder why you're alone. Because you're trusting so much, and that person is saying, good gravy, I can't be everything for you. You're standing on my head, and I'm dying. So I'm going to play with my fingernail over here. Very busy. Bless you. We know how to do it. We know how to do that. And this last picture, this is another great boating shot. There is what I call collateral damage. Now, our boat is 44 feet long, and we are that little boat on the end. We are tied up with big yachts. This was a really windy day. Actually, my husband was the superhero. He fished a guy out of the current that would have gone down. Um, it was just a bad boating day, but yet, yeah, we all tie up to each other. Now, see where the flag is? That ship is the, the ship with the anchor. And I remember when we were pulling our boat in, and we got to throw lines and bumpers and stuff, and, and we're, like, bouncing, and it's, it's windy. And I, my thought was, gosh, I hope that guy has the right anchor. And I went, yes, write that down, <laughs> because Mom, you have collateral damage coming in that family if you're anchored in anybody else but Jesus Christ. Don't think it will not affect your kids. If you're a boss, if you run a ministry, if you serve anywhere, there are people who are depending on you in a healthy way to have your anchor right. And sometimes we just get kinda like Trish was describing, I just wanna, do, just wanna do my own thing, you know. It won't affect anybody. I'll just keep it inside here. If that anchor was not right, it's millions of dollars going to crash into the beach. What's happening to our children when we're doing it our own way? It's dangerous. If you relate to any of these examples of what it's like when, you don't hold the, when you're not holding on to the right anchor, when you're feeling like, I just, I don't have peace. I'm really barky with people. I get frustrated. I definitely don't have joy, I've, gosh, I have things I regret I said or did, I see my children acting like me, then chances are the anchor is not Jesus Christ, it's something else, and you have a choice because you have every right to hold on to your anchor, but you are not prepared for life. And you may say, well, I've been doing okay so far. Well, monsoon season will come at some point. You need to choose today to hold Jesus as your anchor. Holy Spirit, I'm just going to ask that you quicken our hearts. What is the wrong anchor that we've been holding on to? Let the Holy Spirit just bring it to your mind. Is it a person? Is it you? Is it yourself? Is it your talent? Is it your health, your career? What is it? Just think a minute. Write it down on the paper. Stick it in your pocket. Stick it back in the bag. This is very private. This is between you and the Lord. Father God, we just thank you that as we look at Jesus being the anchor for our soul today, firm and secure, and we look at your promises You are going to become more and more attractive to be the one that we hold on to. Father, we acknowledge on this little piece of paper that we have been trusting in this false anchor. We identify with it, and we're acknowledging to you today that that this is not healthy. First of all, we ask your forgiveness for it. And we are telling you today, God, that our hearts are going to be open and pliable to hear from you about how to grab a hold of you, the anchor for our soul. Give you permission to work in the garden of our heart. Let your Holy Spirit just come and settle upon us, Lord Jesus. Amen.